Hello, and welcome to The County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing program services and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of The Conversation, we'll talk with Ed Ryan. He's Fairfax County's Gang Prevention Coordinator, also Director of the Intensive Supervision Program with the Juvenile Domestic Relations District Court. If I got that correct. We're going to talk about gangs today, what you need to know about gangs and answer the question, are gangs really here in Fairfax County? So Ed, thanks for being with us and talking about gangs and issue that's kind of hot topic in the news nowadays. Sure. Thanks for having me. Jim. Absolutely. So I, I guess one of the, the first questions I have is we tend to see news media coverage and uh, you know, lately it's been all MS-13, you know, and, and the violence with gangs. And at least me, and I think maybe a lot of people think that's somewhere else. That's, uh, you know, someone else's problem. That's a big city problem. That's an L.A. problem. That's a Chicago problem. You know, maybe that's a D.C. problem. Is it really a problem? Is it really an issue here in Fairfax County? I think gangs are a problem the same way drugs are a problem. They've kind of, wow. they've always been around. They're mm-hmm. always going to be around. Unfortunately, there's negative influences that exist in the world and that is not immune to Fairfax County. So um, gangs were in existence prior to my moving to Northern Virginia or taking over this position. They'll probably still be here mm-hmm. after I am retired and long right, gone. Right. Um, so the answer to the question is, is yes, they exist. Do we have the same level of problems that they do in some of the big cities that you mentioned? Mm-hmm. Probably not if you were to do a statistical analysis. But again, um, they exist in the schools. They're here and the public needs to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. Are there certain factors, you know, you know, people think about Fairfax County as being a very safe, you know, county, great place to live, raise children, raise their family, safe, that type of thing. Are there certain factors, environment, you know, socioeconomic? I mean, there are certain things that make one area more susceptible, more prone to it, or, or any factors in Fairfax County that, that, that lend itself to gang activity? Well, I would agree with you in that, and and I would would highlight that Fairfax County is a safe area. It is a safe neighborhood, place Mm -hmm. to work, a place to live, and and I would speak that for for all of Northern Virginia. Um, You know, as far as factors, the the things that really um, contribute to gang involvement, it's not necessarily neighborhoods as much as it is the home or family environment. Mm -hmm. Kids will join gangs for the same reason they turn to drugs or substance abuse or other forms of delinquency. Normally, there's something missing in the home environment. Um, That kid who doesn't have a sense of belonging in his or her family unit or immediate family unit. Um, That kid who has a hard time making friends at school. Hmm. Um, That kid who maybe is a little socially awkward, maybe experiences some level of bullying Hmm. um, at an early adolescent age. Again, they're they're looking for something to belong to. Uh, They're looking for acceptance. And the gangs exploit that. So, you know, that can be anywhere from million-dollar homes down to Section 8 housing and everywhere in between that we see that. So, um, you know, again, like they mentioned earlier, no kid is necessarily immune from the the evils of, like, drugs. It's Mm. always going to be out there. It's just a matter of educating yourself. And if you have a a positive environment, you have positive people in your life, that's the biggest preventative tool to staying away from gangs. So it sounds like a lot of... um the, de- the deterrent that folks would naturally think about when they're thinking about gangs or gang involvement is not really the case. It's more about 
um, knowing what your kid is doing, being involved in their mm-hmm. life, you know, having dinner as a family, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of, I'm going to put air quotes around it, silly things that we, you know, we think are just niceties. No, it's things that I think maybe people sometimes take for granted. But yeah, you're right. Families that kind of eat together, that, that associate, that are able to have conversations with, mm-hmm. with one another, um, surrounded by positive peers, surrounded by people that they know care, care for them. I mean, we know as kids, we didn't necessarily want to hear all the things that our parents told us. We didn't like having boundaries enforced on us or anything like that. But as we get older, we realize and we really appreciate that. We were lucky that we were kind of like maintained because we knew somebody cared about us. We knew somebody wanted, were looking out for us. Um, And again, that's the the, the biggest preventative tool. If kids have that feeling that that someone cares about them, um, they're not going to go seek out negative influences Mm -hmm. for that sense of belonging that they desire. Right. Gang Prevention Coordinator with Fairfax County. That's your title, position. That's my title. Um, what, what, what exactly does that mean? What, what is the gang prevention program? Well, gang prevention, I, I would say it's not necessarily don't view it as a program as much as a process. My, mm-hmm. my job basically in a nutshell is to, to help kids who are at risk for gangs not join and then, and then um, you know, work on kids who are, are, are on the fridge or a little bit involved, help them to get out. And again, I do that by overseeing different services. I, I do a lot of collaboration with other agencies in Fairfax County. So I have partners not only in the juvenile court, but in the Fairfax County public school system, uh-huh. through Department of Neighborhood and Community Services, who run a lot of the, you know, the after school programs, the summer uh-huh. programs, um, the teen centers, the faith-based community. Um, uh-huh. So I partner with a lot of different agencies and a lot of different people. Um, because again, while there are definitely contributing factors as to why kids join gangs, every kid, every family is unique. So some kids have a little bit more needs or high risk mm-hmm. areas than others. And again, um, the collaboration from a lot of different agencies really works toward getting the heart of what is it for that particular kid or what is it for that particular family that's causing them to drift this way. Right. And then we kind of you know, ascertain from that what services or, or, or what other outside forces they may need to be involved in mm-hmm. to help get them back mm-hmm. on the right path. Since since you've been in this position doing doing this kind of work, gang gang prevention, are there certain things you've noticed, maybe trends that you've seen, things that you can kind of put your finger on? Yeah, the gangs are it, it's a roller coaster. You know, the activity kind of ebbs and flows. You know, might be at a peak for a while and then it kind of levels off. I, I'd say if there's one trend that I've noticed, um, I've been in the position since 2010, and I remember when I first started out, the majority of the presentations and public awareness events and programs that I was overseeing were geared towards high school kids. I was doing presentations mm-hmm. in high schools for high school students, for high school parents, for yeah. high school teachers and guidance counselors. Over the past couple of years, I would say that has shifted, and I, I do much more work now at the middle school level, and, really? and even lately, I would say, believe it or not, the elementary school level. Wow. Um, so you're talking 11, 12, 13-year-old kids. I get calls from teachers who are saying they're noticing this, or they get, they, they're, they're seeing what appears to be suspicious activity that may be associated with gangs, and they have kids actually talking about being involved or affiliated or, or that, hanging out with gang young. members. Yeah. So that young. And, it, and if you think about it, it kind of makes sense from that standpoint, you know, 12, 13 years old, what's starting to happen to us along mm-hmm. that age? Mm-hmm. You know, our bodies are going through changes physically, mm-hmm. male or female. That's the age where we start to become more interested in what our friends think and as opposed to our parents. Right. So it's at that time that those kids are really kind of the most vulnerable and really desperate for acceptance. They want to be seen as accepted by their peers in some mm-hmm. form, either for being smart, for being athletic, for being popular. And those kids who have a hard time with that transition or a harder time than others, 
they're the ones that are going to be exploited by the gang. So the, the, the trend of recruitment at a younger age hmm. is definitely something we've seen now. The other thing I would point out is definitely the, the advantages in social media. Um, you know, I, I know that, that there's all a whole bunch of positives that come from Twitter and Instagram and that instantaneous information. Unfortunately, the, the negative side of that is the Internet and um, advances in social media have made recruiting a lot easier for gangs. Right. It's a lot more hidden. You know, they don't necessarily have to be out in public as much, so it can be a little That's bit true. more underground, yeah. for lack of a better word. And they can exploit a kid's Twitter feed or an Instagram or Facebook mm. post, and it's sometimes amazing what kids will put out there. And right. once it's out there, it's out there for everyone to see. Yeah. Is there any? I mean, is it just education for the for the child as well as the parent? I mean, what? How can we? Pull that in or rein that in or whatever. It, it is education. I mean, a little bit for the kids, but but kids pick that up so much quicker than adults do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, advanced in technology and all that. So I think sometimes when it's education for the parents, it, it's not necessarily, although it's helpful to make parents aware of what sites are out there and mm-hmm. try to keep updated. But those those change so regularly. The more basic thing is sometimes teaching parents how they can block certain sites on their computer. Yeah. how they can kind of come up and create their own Facebook post or, or Twitter post or whatever it is to kind of monitor their kid a little bit more anonymously. Yeah. And again, kids will always be able to pick things up quicker and they can always find a way around that. But at least you're taking the initial steps as a parent to try to combat that and kind of at the same time letting the kid know, hey, I'm, I, you don't have, have free reign to do whatever you want on this computer. I'm going to be able to watch and, and every now and then see who you're talking to. And again, have those conversations about safety, right. about not right. talking to people that, that you don't know. Right. Um, so it's that basic kind of stuff that has to start at an early age, because if it doesn't, then it becomes harder and harder to kind of pull them back from that. Sure, sure. You mentioned a moment ago, uh, I heard you say the word acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is that really a, a great way to explain why? And I'm going to say kids, but it could be people, join gangs, acceptance. Oh, absolutely. I mean, acceptance and family. I mean, that's what Mm -hmm. the gangs provide these kids. That's kind of the false promise that they offer Mm -hmm. these at-risk kids. Um, They accept them for who they are. That's kind of the the, the rub and and the myth at the beginning. And also they provide that sense of family. They say, you know, they they refer to themselves, we'll be your family. We'll take care of you. Mm -hmm. You have a role with us. And again, um, for many of these kids, they haven't felt that from anywhere else, certainly not their own family unit. So um, the acceptance in the family atmosphere, that's definitely something that gangs kind of highlight and emphasize during the recruitment stage. Right. And it's it's become very um, very popular way for them to, to kind of get new kids right. in. Right. We're on the county conversation talking with Ed Ryan. He is Fairfax County's gang prevention coordinator as well as the director of the intensive supervision program. That's with the Juvenile Domestic Relations District Court. And I want to touch on that for just a minute. When intensive supervision program, tell me a little bit about that, what that means. It's a program with, within the juvenile court service unit. Um, one of the goals that we have within the court is if we can avoid detaining a young person mm-hmm. in, a, in a secure facility, that's what we want to do. We want to be able to provide supervision and not take a kid out of his or her home and environment because we know there's going to be success long term. Mm. They have to be able to exist in their family. They have to be able to exist in their neighborhood. So, 
you know, it's an opportunity for probation officers and judges if a kid is kind of steering down that wrong path and has a history of maybe some violent offenses or some serious offenses. Um, without that program, some of these kids may go into detention. Whereas now, if they kind of slip up along the way by maybe testing positive for illegal substances or mm -hmm. violating curfew or not completing treatment, rather than have a violation and go back before a judge, probation officer can refer them to my program. And I have staff that work exclusively at night, seven wow. days a week, wow. and they will work all over Fairfax County. They'll go in, make sure a kid's home, um, oftentimes give them maybe an alcohol and drug test, make sure they're in compliance with any other court orders or programs, and sometimes just kind of be that voice for the kid and parent. Yeah. A lot of times the parents are working the same hours as the regular probation officer is, so there's, there's not as much face-to-face you know, interaction. Gotcha. Whereas my staff are able to go in and have a lot of those face-to-face -face conversations mm -hmm. with the parents and sometimes in all honesty, just be that kind of, kind of voice and that, yeah. that empathetic somebody ear, to listen to, somebody yeah. to listen to that the parents otherwise just need those 15, 20 minutes to vent about their frustrations with their kids. Yeah. So, you know, we find that even though it's, we certainly go into some dangerous areas and, and on paper, we're dealing with some, some dangerous kids. We found that the most of the families are very, very accepting of the program, you know, once they get by the initial awkwardness of mm -hmm. somebody coming into their house late at night. Right. But then it becomes they're almost grateful knowing that, okay, you know, if my son or daughter is able to remain at home because we have these staff, they're able to come in and check up on them, make sure they prevent them from sometimes sneaking out in the middle of the night, right. just if it's, a, you know, something like a warning, like, hey, I may be back a little bit later. So, again, I think the families, by and large, are very, very appreciative of right. that. Um, right. And that's been a program I've been, been very fortunate to oversee for mm -hmm. the past six, seven years. Listeners that are not uh, directly involved in the situation that may not have known about this program, are there other county services, other programs, other efforts going on mm -hmm. in, in this whole gang prevention arena that you may want to kind of highlight a little bit? There are really throughout Northern Virginia. I mean, focusing specifically on Fairfax County, we have uh, a partnership with the nonprofit Northern Virginia Family Services, and mm -hmm. they run our IPE program, which stands for Intervention Prevention Education. Okay. It's a lot of home-based counseling, mentoring type work. Um, that kid who, like I had mentioned earlier, starting to show those early warning signs. Mm -hmm. uh, they're hanging around with the wrong group of kids. Maybe they're starting to sneak out a little bit late at night. School performance is dropping. It's not a guarantee that they're being recruited by gangs, but they're on that path. And rather than waiting until they get a formal charge or get hooked up maybe with negative influences, we try to supersede and get involved beforehand. So the counselors will go to the house oftentimes, provide a little bit of education. Again, provide answer questions for a lot of the parents, um, kind of act in that mentoring big brother, big sister type role. Mm. So we're very, very fortunate to have um, a group of workers that kind of go in and provide that service throughout the county. Um, I would also highlight, you know, the Fairfax County Public School System, who I have partners with there. They run a lot of after school programs for kids. We know that the hours between 3 and 6 p.m. are kind of the, the prime recruiting stage mm. for gangs because you think about it, that's when parents are oftentimes at work. Kids get off the bus or they're walking home and sometimes maybe the latchkey kids or they're walking across, you know, walking from, from the school to the house and, and there's no parent there. So that's when gangs will use that as an opportunity to recruit. So these kids have after-school programs or services or teen centers to go to. Um, that kind of keeps them safe or engaged in positive activities during those hours. Um, we have summer programs like our road dog program in which kids that are in middle school who have had some issues in school, either behaviorally, um, you know, most especially behaviorally and, and, and discipline wise, where law enforcement officers kind of run like a camp 
for mm. a week, and they kind of maybe engage in a soccer game with kids or take them on a, a tour of some place, uh, bring in the canine unit to do a display. So again, it gives kids the opportunity to see law enforcement in a different light mm. so that when they maybe have a problem in the school, they're a little bit more comfortable going to their right. SRO right. You know, because they know them and they've had kind of a, a personal interaction with yeah. these guys. So. Yeah, we're, we're fortunate in Fairfax to have a lot of good services and a lot of good people that are dedicated. Again, not everyone necessarily agrees on, on the exact way, and there is no one way. So mm. I think that you have a lot of different people with different opinions, and that kind of makes for that, that collaborative effort right. really makes for um, a successful way to deal with, with all issues of delinquency, but in particular gangs. Right. Well, you know, as most people learn in different forms, either through reading or listening or, you know, involving, you know, people are affected by different methods or, or treatments or whatever. So different approaches, you have to try certain mm-hmm. things to, to be able to not, you know, it's not going to be a cookie cutter approach. Mm-hmm. So um, you, you kind of hit on this just a moment ago, but are there signs to look for for a parent or a caregiver um, if they're if they see some things, maybe it's just kind of you know, raise the hair on their neck a little bit to pay a little more extra concern or caution? It's mainly, I would stress, attitude changes. I mean, when when I started a while ago, there were certain, you know, colors that you might yeah, wear, yeah, things like that. Always heard. And there is still some some truth to that, but I, I always emphasize it's you're, it's the behavior changes first. Mm-hmm. It's the kid who who was really into to sports and, and went to school every day and was respectful to the teachers and had a good group of friends in sixth grade. And then in seventh grade, they show up and, you know, they're not as engaged in school. Um, they're associating with a much different group of kids, oftentimes older kids, maybe sneaking out of the house at night. So, again, there's those types of warning signs where it's a change in behavior that we really emphasize to the parents and, and anyone who's working with kids. Sit down and just have a, an, an honest conversation about, mm-hmm. hey, is everything all right? What, what, what's going on? Sometimes it's amazing that you might get an engagement from a kid at that yeah. point who's really acting out for the purposes of, of no one's listening to them and they right. figure this is the only way they can get right. attention. So if, if you're someone who's able to have that conversation as difficult as it might be in the beginning, that can be the biggest preventative tool. Oh. Um, there are certain little things like kids that have cell phones um, and the parents have no idea where they got it from. You know, kids that were bored, <laughs> gifts, that that sometimes is a red flag right yeah, there. That somebody think. may yeah. be buying them that because they want to keep tabs on them or something like yeah. that. So. Um, I, I definitely emphasize to, to parents and especially for those, those middle school and even elementary school teachers and counselors, look, look for the behavior changes. Look mm-hmm. for the clear differences in the kid who was engaged, was a really positive person, and then something happened. Again, it doesn't necessarily mean it was, it's gang involvement. It could be something completely and totally could different. Be a mental health issue, other kind of Absolutely. something. So, Absolutely. Yeah. But it's yeah. definitely worth sitting that kid down and just having a, a regular conversation yeah. in a non-threatening yeah. way. Yeah. We are unfortunately about out of time, Ed, but I know there's probably some telephone numbers, some websites, places people can get resources, more information, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is, can you kind of share some of that with us? Sure. As as for Fairfax County or anybody who lives in the county, again, I that's that's kind of my title. I'm the go-to person. Right. So so my direct line uh, is 703-246. Two three nine six. You know, I can certainly answer questions people have if they have, inf- you know, if they, they need to know about services or anything specific, or they just want to bounce something off me. That's fine. Um, and then if you live anywhere really in the Northern Virginia, we have a regional hotline, which is seven zero three Get Help, um, and that'll connect you to not only myself, but there's also voice mailboxes for the other gang prevention coordinators throughout Northern Virginia. Our regional website is www.preventgangsnova. 
org. Um, and that's, again, that kind of keeps you updated on some of the regional activities and regional gang prevention intervention programs that exist, not only in Fairfax, but throughout the county. Mm-hmm. And then um, we have a local website here in Fairfax, which is www.fairfaxcounty.gov backslash gang prevention. Again, kind of a link to not only some of the stuff that I, I talked about this morning, um, but again, some of the services and, mm-hmm. and things specific to Fairfax mm-hmm. County and, mm-hmm. and other things that people might find interesting if they're just looking for, again, those basic warning right. signs that right. we, we discussed a little bit earlier. Okay. Final thought, final question. Um, uh, huge, huge topic, um, complicated issue, a mm-hmm. lot of stuff going on. Uh, any final words of encouragement or thoughts that you would like to share for for specifically parents out there uh, listening right now that uh, that you might want to offer? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, like I think I hit on it earlier. One of the first things I said is that Fairfax County is a very safe place to live and a very safe place to work. Um, I've lived down here for, for 20 years and, and, and enjoy living here. There's a lot of benefits to working uh, and living in Fairfax County. And then for parents too, I know sometimes they're always wondering what are the warning signs? Well, you know, you know your kids better than anybody else. Um, so if your antenna and your radar go off and you think something's wrong, chances are, you know, your gut instinct is probably right. And you're going to notice that before any law enforcement officer, before any teacher, before any counselor. Um, you're the expert when it comes to your kids. And, mm-hmm. and I would encourage you to, to trust your instincts, have those conversations with kids as uncomfortable as they might be sometimes. And it's an opportunity for, for you to grow as a, as a family. Yeah. Awesome. Ed, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jim. Ed Ryan, the Fairfax County Gang Prevention Coordinator with us on the uh, county conversation. And again, uh, Ed has offered his direct line. If you need resources, feel free to call 703-246-2396 or go, go online to fairfaxcounty.gov slash gang prevention. The Fairfax County Conversation is produced by the Fairfax County Virginia Government, and we thank you for listening. 